people either make you money or they cost you money. Yeah. And by not having an HR defined discipline within your organization, imagine you're losing some money, um, whether you don't have an established training program because nobody has the time to research technology to make it happen, or whether or not you keep kicking the can down the road with that very simple IRA plan that people are asking for, but you're not getting because you don't have somebody with the time to research it. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Out of the Hourglass, a podcast channel presented by Nolan Consulting Group. My name is Molly Nolan, and I'm back today as your episode host, and I'm happy to be joined by NCG coach and Director of Operations, Catherine Freeman. We're bringing it back to our Roll Up series with a focus on the role of the HR department. Like in past episodes where we focus on certain roles within your organization, we're highlighting what makes the HR department so important. From the strategic contribution that they play to your growth factor, to how the role functions in your business and metrics they're responsible for. Whether you're thinking about making HR a priority this year or formalizing or advancing an existing department, this conversation will hopefully give you momentum and inspire you to put the HR department in the forefront. Today's episode of Out of the Hourglass is sponsored by Sherwin-Williams, your neighborhood store for paints, supplies, and color. Out of the Hourglass is a podcast channel dedicated to helping small business owners and contractors visualize their goals, develop high-performing teams, and build sustainable growth. It's time to get out of the hourglass. Hello, Catherine Freeman. Good morning. How are you today? Good morning, Molly. Doing just fine. It's such a beautiful day today. It is a beautiful day. And hello to all of our listeners this morning or this afternoon or this evening, based upon when you are listening to this episode. Today, I am here with Catherine Freeman, Senior Business Coach and Director of Operations, a familiar voice to the podcast. Many of you have heard her speak in her wisdom and share stories before. So we're happy to have her back. But today we are talking about an area of expertise in her department, and that is the role of the HR department. Now, this is a a familiar kind of topic in a sense where we've hit the role of on previous episodes, whether it be the role of a GM, the role of a sales rep, the role of a bookkeeper. So we're kind of staying along, along that path there. But today we're talking the role of a department. And it's a little similar, but it also has it also has a little bit of differences at the same time. Uh, so, Catherine, let's just jump in because this is an important role, and I know you're passionate about it. But why is it so important for company success? So, Molly, I, I, when we when we consider everything about a business, at the root of it are the people. Uh, the root of it in terms of production. The root of it in terms of costs. Uh, there are a, a few things that are maybe not directly related to people costs, marketing, for example, uh, but benefits, vehicle insurance expenses, gas, uh, so much of that is related to the people. They either cost you or they generate revenue for you. And so the role of the HR department is, is vital to the smooth operation of a business. But I, I want to even take it a step back and say, you know, what, why would we characterize this particular topic as a department and not as a person, right? Because you, you were, you were clear there when, when setting us up, Mm -hmm. the role of the GM, the salesperson, 
the bookkeeper. Um, and in this case, we're actually opening it up to a broader maybe interpretation. And that is because there are a number of functions that relate to HR or human resources as a discipline that aren't maybe necessarily going to be the assignment or tasks that one person does. And so in this case, we've broadened it to include that concept, not just an HR person, but the HR department in order to maybe make it clear to our, the businesses that we work with, how they're approaching the discipline, the human resource discipline. Yeah. And it's a, it's a discipline that I think as a company grows, they, they begin to see more and more its importance. And we think about the stages of a, of a company and it's like lifespan. And when a, an entrepreneur starts the business, there isn't always uh, an HR department in place. There's the HR uh, responsibilities are there. There's still, there's still the hiring and the, and the, the benefits and um, the firing that's all related that the policies in place that make people feel comfortable, but a department that's established around it comes in time, I think for, for a lot of companies. And then as you grow, you have a formal department with many different people involved within it. Uh, So I guess before I would ask you, when should you have a formal department? I would ask you, what mistakes do we often see contractors making kind of maybe in the beginning stages of their career or career lifestyle? Right, right. And, you know, um, I was reminded of Brian, Brian's statement, the systems run the business and the people run the systems. And I think that is the real true first place where we often see an issue is that there is no system. There's no system to recruit. There is no system to understand and work work through applicants. There is no system to onboard. You know, I, 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 I still hear of businesses who are interviewing people, hiring them on the spot, getting them started the day, the next day. And you know what, you, you can do that. I mean, it's a really tough hiring market out there. I'm not saying that you need to slow it down or artificially slow it down, but they're doing that without any kind of a checklist. They're, they're not, getting paperwork accurately filled out. They're not training on safety topics. There's no discussion of business values. So right at the very beginning of somebody coming into and becoming a part of your business, we're breaking down and not having the appropriate system in place. So I I think of that right there as being the the defining reason why creating an HR department, even if you are a smaller business and maybe you've got a a bookkeeper who's processing, you know, I-9 paperwork and, you know, uh, employee payment information, or or you've got an admin who's running through uh, applications and picking out people for you to speak with. Uh, even if you're uh, you know, not having just one person handle all of those steps, a system is helps to, to really make sure that you're hitting all your, all your requirements when you're hiring a person. And I think we, we see that a lot, especially with companies who haven't yet formalized 
an HR manager or director to fully take on those roles. It's often responsibilities that have been spread out amongst several people on the team who are all kind of helping pull the HR factor along um, with the, with the company growth. I think it's also important to mention that uh, there are companies who are effectively and very quickly hiring people who have HR departments now because they have nailed down their processes. They have the people in place. I'm thinking of actually um, Webfoot painting out in Bend, Oregon, as an example. They know that in this market, they have to hire fast. If somebody comes in, they need to jump on that applicant. And so from they have a whole system down from if a person comes in, they are contacted within like several hours of that applicant coming in, they are asked and then, and then the process begins and they could be hired and working within just a couple of days. And that's amazing. And they have, they're doing it the right way. They have formalized the process. They're not skipping out on the safety because it's part of their onboarding, but they're getting them in the fold really quickly. Right. And I, I'm reminded of, you know, when, when we consider what uh, our businesses looked like you know, 10, 10 years ago or 11 years ago, and every single lead that came in the door received an elevated sense of importance. You know, if, if the phone is ringing, we got to have somebody immediately speaking with that person with confidence and because we couldn't afford to lose it. And, and, and that has to be the same way we approach people right now. If somebody has taken that first step to contact you, if you don't have a system in place, if you don't have somebody assigned and identified, the phone rings, an application is submitted within, you know, a 30 or 60 minute window, there is an outreach occurring, even if that's at 11 o'clock at night, you know, that, that you can lose some somebody. And let's just think about that. And, you know, in the painting industry, if we're selling at $55 an hour, that's, that's a lot of money to be losing simply because we didn't have the forethought to identify somebody and make it their responsibility. And this, and I mean, you mentioned the painting industry from that kind of revenue standpoint, but this is, this is something that applies to every Oh, yeah. single business and industry that is out there. We know oh, everybody yeah. is hurting. You talk to any small business owner or even corporation, hotels can't get front staff people to work the desk. They can't get their banquet um, facilities get back at capacity. I mean, it's it's everywhere. And so this this kind of this is a um, a recommendation that you that no matter the size that you are, you must have some kind of formalized process in place for when you receive that application, you are jumping on it. Right. And, you know, I think um, for for many business owners thinking about human resources as a discipline, it's, you know, I wonder if there isn't an, an inherent hesitancy because we feel like we've got a lack of expertise. I'm not an HR expert. And so I really don't even know where to start. Uh, but I, I would I would push back a little bit there and say you might not know all of the state requirements or maybe local municipality requirements, uh, but when has that stopped you from starting a list? Right, start a list, get a list going. Do do an an HR list in Google or OneNote or whatever software platform that you use and start it. And as things come up, add to it. But this fear of starting 
because the HR discipline is a little scary and there's a lot of rules and I don't, I don't really want to break a rule. So since I don't want to break a rule, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just gonna kind of hang back a little bit. Um, I don't know. When, when have we worked with business owners who are fearful? Be bold. Be bold. And so I, I think it's important before we jump into like, when is it time to formalize that department that, that so long, even if you're not there yet, so long as you have sh- some structure in place and you have people identified as responsible to handle those certain areas, you're doing okay. You're doing, right. it's, it's better than nothing. And so, and you're on your way to formalizing that department. Uh, so just to give it some time, but commend yourself for for delegating those responsibilities and making sure that they're actually happening. Right. Um, so then let's move into when is it time for a company to establish the department um, from a, almost like a, a person standpoint that this person is solely responsible for now the HR factors of the company. Right now. Now. Right now. Um, actually, you know, I, I, um, I, I do hesitate to say that so let, let me let me step back and say I'm always mindful of uh, Kevin a couple of years ago um, was at a grand summit and and said, you know, he he hired a singular HR professional at about six or seven million dollars. And in retrospect, he felt like when he should have done that was at four million dollars. So in the painting industry and I and and in, you know, this, this does require a little bit of maybe finessing, you know, as we think about other industries, because it's, it's people, $40 million and $4 million is about 40 people, 40 people in the um, field. And so uh, about there might be the place where you want to have one singular person identified as handling the recruiting paperwork, employee engagement world. Uh, but that that isn't to say that you couldn't hire somebody on a part-time level or you couldn't be maybe considering uh, a role, an administrative role that you are hiring for your business and look for somebody who's got a certain level of HR expertise. Uh, there's a lot of organizations out there where you can get some certifications that would make it appropriate for you. So, it's so what you're saying it's 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 a role that shouldn't be waved off as not important that like, our yeah. one, we'll get there. We don't need it quite yet. But if you right. have a lot of people that you're managing and you're, you're running a team, like a large team, you need to have somebody who's making that happen. Yes. Yes. Like I said, right. People either make you money or they cost you money. Yeah. And by not having an HR defined discipline within your organization, imagine you're losing some money, um, whether you don't have an established training program because nobody has the time to research technology to make it happen, or whether or not you keep kicking the can down the road with that very simple IRA plan that people are asking for, but you're not getting because you don't have somebody with the time to research it. Or you know, you're, you're maybe, maybe relying on somebody's, you know, QuickBooks expertise to do payroll and you've missed a municipality tax that just because that person is, is a bookkeeper and, and they've not done any independent research. So notice the research commonality there, right? Yeah. (laughs) There's maybe a curiosity that you want to also be looking for. 
Um, and it just goes back to always the, you have to spend money to make money. So you yeah. need, you need to invest in a person or, or, or people um, in this particular department who will be able to then bring in the people who are going to be doing production. So right. it, it always goes back to that. You have to, you have to invest, you have to spend to make the money. Right. So let's move into the, you're, you're going to bring on somebody, whether it be part-time or full-time um, to, to run this department who are we looking for? What are the type of people that succeed in this particular role? You know, oftentimes I, I encounter business owners who think that a human resource person needs to be friendly. Um, and I, I think that as a number one skill, uh, friendly isn't what I'm looking for. I mean, I do want somebody who's going to be compassionate and I want somebody who's going to be approachable, but Remember that in the human resource world, the priority of protection is business first and employee second. Um, that isn't to say that the employees aren't important, but you know we need we need to be having and looking at somebody who's got your best interest at heart and who isn't going to maybe you know try to work things out for an employee just because the employee is appealing to them. So I'm looking for somebody who's, who's friendly enough, but not whose first uh, behavior behavioral uh, skill is friendliness. Um, I do think, and it is important to be considering what compliance looks like. Uh, this person is required to do a lot of detailed work. And so depending upon the size of your department, now, now, now let's take this out of maybe our smaller businesses where we maybe have some hybrid role going on and thinking about those businesses where it's four, five, $10 million, a certain level of compliance is, is, is necessary unless there are other people that can be delegated to. But imagine having to do a 401k census and having to go through 55 people and their social security numbers and all of their contribution levels and then the company match and then, you know, blah, 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 blah. Right. So compliance. No joke. No joke. No joke. <laughs> um, uh, uh, and Brian and I have actually had uh, some, some fun debates on this as well. Um, I also think that there is a certain level of, um, a, an ability to be decisive and determined in the moment. Um, if somebody is coming to you with a benefits issue or a um, allegation of unsafe behavior on a job site, uh, we can't have somebody who's wishy-washy. Uh, you know, there, ha there has to be some pretty clear defining moments there oh my gosh, somebody's unsafe on the work site. Tell me a little bit about it. I will take the next steps. I'll get the field supervisor engaged. You know, what, what do we need to do? What are the next steps? So, so that's where, where I'm looking at uh, somebody's behavioral traits and saying mm -hmm. this, is, this is what the person needs to look like. We pause for a quick moment to remind you that today's episode is sponsored by Sherwin-Williams. Sherwin-Williams is always looking for ways to make your busy life easier. That's why we've created MySW. As a paint pro, you can use it to see your pricing by account and job. See what colors and products you've purchased in the past. Check account balances, pay invoices, and place orders with your local store 24 seven. 
To get started, ask your rep or a store associate to sign you up for a MySW profile. Or, if you prefer, you can do it yourself at MySW.com. And now, back to our episode. Now, I would have to also think that uh, a level of curiosity or um, a love for research and the love for learning has got to be a, a trait in somebody within this within this this role, mainly because a lot of things they have to go out and discover. How how is it best that we handle this policy for our company? What are the options that are out there for us to utilize? Yeah, you know, um, I run uh, an HR peer group for uh, for the Nolan Consulting Group, and um, I actually love this group. I love this group because. Even when there are challenging times, and make no mistake, it's a very challenging time now to be out there in the human resource world for any number of reasons, right? Not not just the hiring place that we find ourselves in, but what do you do about COVID? And you know, right. just so it's it's hard. But there is not a time where these group of people don't come to the table, virtual table. Um, don't come to the table filled with curiosity. How are you doing? What are you thinking about? What's your plan for? Um, and and so as a, as a universal, I absolutely think of curiosity, a level of curiosity, uh, because you're right. If if we don't have somebody who isn't pushing the boundaries of what's out there, we're gonna miss we're gonna miss something. Or, or not be up to date, but the, the things are, con- we're in a world now where things are constantly changing Yeah, from one day to the next, uh, whether it be a mandate or, uh, a governmental policy, I mean, things yeah. are, we, and you need to be, you it's need changed. to be aware, right? It's change, change, Always happens. change, change happens. And we, we got to embrace that change, um, and be comfortable with it, uh, because it's, it's not that's not going to go away. Not, not anytime in the foreseeable future. So, you know, be, be good with it. Um, I do, I do, however, want to make sure that I, I address something there because we're, we're talking about a human resource person or department as being innately curious, which I think is, is something that I would, I would value pretty highly in the, you know, in the, in the criteria of somebody in this role. Um, but there are also tools out there that you as a business owner or somebody within your organization who's been delegated to handle HR stuff can actually take advantage of. So they can sign up for uh, a number of different platforms that will notify them of state-specific changes. So you know, each, each state has a different way of designating their Department of Labor. Um, go onto that website and sign up for automatic notifications of changes that are happening within your state. I mean, they, they are looking to make sure that people are informed, right? States want you to follow whatever rules, laws, mandates that they have done. So, so go out there and have somebody sign up for those things so that you're not then surprised. Oh, 18 months ago, uh, you know, our state started uh, requiring that everybody who works a certain number of hours get a certain number of PTO. I heard that the other day. I don't, I don't know when that happened. I don't know when that happened in my Whoop. state. Whoops. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> now, now, now on a cash flow level, we've got 
18 months of people who have accrued PTO and they're going to see that in their paycheck and they're going to be like, yeah, I'm taking next week off. <laughs> yeah. So this is about being proactive versus, ha- versus having to be reactive. And in those moments, you're like, oh no, like time out. We need to, <laughs> we need to look at what's going on here. Right. But that's right. important. I actually, I was going to ask you, you know, what outside of organizations that they can be um, staying up to date from, are there, there's got to be trainings and networks that these departments should also be taking advantage of. Oh, absolutely. In fact, there are two pretty significant bodies of um, hum, human resources as a, as a discipline that, that might be important for people to hear about. So there's SHRM. I've, I've talked about SHRM a lot. That's the Society for Human Resource Management. And then there is HRCI, which might have a fun little thing, but I don't know how to call that, but it's Human Resources. <laughs> Human Resource Certification Institute. Okay. Um, both of them offer classes. In fact, SHRM actually works with universities. So, so Villanova, which is one of our local universities here. Mm-hmm. I know they're pretty big in the basketball world too, but for me, it's local because, <laughs> you know, it's three miles yeah. away. Um, they actually do SHRM certifications. So you can... Identify somebody, maybe who's got that great curiosity, who's got that high C attention to detail, has a level of influence, you like them, maybe they're unskilled, find a class, send them to the class. You know, there's there's things out there. You can do it online, you can do it in person, you can you can get somebody signed up for a, a, a skill brush up. Uh, so uh, when we when we Think about a salesperson. It's a no-brainer to send them to sales training, right? That's just not even a question. Of course, we're going to bring this person on. And of course, we're going to send them to a summit boot camp. Let's make that, of course, coordinate with the human resource discipline as well. And of course, we're going to send them to some place and have them brush up on state tax laws or... Or of course we're going to have them be a part of an HR peer group. Why? Why should they of not? Of course. Why should they not be learning from their peers um, within the within the same industry, or not in the same industry with just within the same role, the same career path? Yeah, absolutely. Now, I think it's important that we hit this as well, Catherine. I mean this this role has plays an important fact plays an important part within the company, and a, a lot of that their responsibilities helps to drive the success. Um, and a part of that is the communication that they play with the other departments. So, and I want to make sure that we hit kind of the role of the HR department with the owner, how these two interact, because I, I often think for so long and a lot of times the owner is doing some of these HR roles until they finally let go of them. And so it could be one of those things where owners are afraid to let go of some particular roles, whether it be handling HR, handling sales, handling the numbers. So how as you hand that off, how does this relationship grow and how do these two roles interact? You know, I am, um, I, I am a firm believer that meetings while structure, while commitments on your calendar, meetings actually set you free. And so what I would say is a, a very clearly defined weekly meeting, especially during the busiest of times, Uh, is vital to having that transition occur and maintaining the discipline of not getting your fingers back into the middle of things. 
So a meeting with a very clearly defined PAL, right? Remember, remember what a PAL is. It's a purpose, an agenda, and a length. Mm-hmm. Um, we could certainly start off with a 30-minute conversation weekly. If it needs to be 60, you can evaluate that and make it 60. Maybe it's 30 minutes in January when we're wrapping up our annual planning and we've begun planning for the year, but it's still just a little bit in that slow time. Maybe in the middle of summer, it is 60 minutes every single time. Uh, and you know, that, that, that agenda, I mean, it's, it's feet on the street goals. It's, it's what does our turnover look like? Uh, what are we doing for engagement purposes? Do we have any new roles that we need to be thinking about uh, hiring for? What does our criteria look like? So there are a number of things that you can and should be regularly discussing. And again, Molly, I should point out, it's not because you are untrusting of the person who's doing this, but because as an owner, you need to be able to separate. You need to be able to say somebody's got this, but being informed is a large part of that process. Large part of it. Oh yeah, I mean, because those certain you know metrics or KPIs that you just highlighted that this department is responsible for, those directly re- connect to or affect the other KPIs that other departments are looking at. The feed on the street directly relates to operations and production and how many hours they're able to uh, accomplish in a week. And then at what revenue level, what, 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 are, what are we selling those hours at? They all connect to another. It all becomes a part of the formula for the revenue at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and it actually, I, I love that we hit this topic really um, briefly because it relates back to uh, a podcast series that Andrew Amrine and I are working on, uh, KPIs by department. And we are going to be hitting the KPIs in an HR department and one of our upcoming uh, conversations and, and why they're so important and how they all interact and how you can be tracking them. Right. And, you know, I, um, I, I, you know, I was a bookseller in a former life, right. I, I, I'm, I love the written word. I, lo- I love uh, reading new things. It's, it's a part of who I am, but I, I oftentimes consider the metrics, the human resource metrics has something, again, going back to as a discipline, it's a little scary because people think of it as being so important to get it right. Uh, if you can make friends with these metrics, if you can get somebody who, like we were talking about, is curious about them, it can help to really elevate your business. And so very fond of the KPIs. And then, and I mean, it all goes back to identifying that this role is important, that there needs to be structure in place and that we're, and then making sure you're, you're looking for your, or you're identifying the right person that's going to come in. So as you open up or whether you are opening this up for the first time and are looking to hire somebody, or you have people on your team, do a check. Are, are these folks in the right places? Do they have that curiosity? Are they staying up to date with new policy changes? Are, are they keeping track of these metrics? Cause if they're not, they're not, they're not successfully doing the job to its most effective manner. And the job is there for an important reason. So make sure the people on your team um, are passionate about it. And I, you look at your HR peer group, those folks are passionate about what they they are. They are. And I, you know, I should, I should point out too, you know, it's an HR peer group, but we've got a lot of different people at various levels of expertise on there. Uh, And I, you know, I think that's, 
that's essentially what makes somebody successful is that, you know, even, even if we've got somebody who's brand new to the HR world and somebody who's been doing it for 10 years, they still have commonality. The commonality is curiosity. Um, and, and no matter what, you can always learn from somebody irregardless of their experience. So, um, always learning, always learning. Well, that's why we do these podcasts. It's because we're yeah. all, we're always learning. We want our listeners to always be learning. Yeah. And, uh, that's our goal here is to bring you something that you can take away from our episodes that, that strikes home and makes you think about what's going on in your organization or yeah. in your world, whether it be personal or professional, because yeah. we like, we like to hit the spectrum. Well, with that, Catherine, I think, uh, we'll call it a wrap. I think that was a really great highlight of this department, why it's so important, who should be a part of it and, uh, get, get, get HR on your radar folks. Absolutely. It's it's important. Absolutely. And as always, you know, if you've got questions about the HR discipline, reach out to your coach, right? Reach out to your coach, contact us. You know, we've, we've, we do not, um, we we want information to be shared openly, right? Yes. So we're we're always about the sharing. Yes. We're always a resource, and we hope people take advantage of that. Well, Catherine, till next time. Thank you so much. Thanks, Molly. It's always a pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group a nationwide business consulting firm with coaches located around the country. Have a question, comment, or idea for a future episode? We'd love to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolancg.com.